Zwift is an indoor cycling platform where you can connect with a global community of cyclists at any time. You can chat with people all over the world, share in group rides, get encouragement from total strangers right on, who quickly become your new riding buddies and train harder and faster with competition on a global scale. Check out Zwift for yourself at Zwift.com today. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast, uh, where today we'll have a look at the World Championship. Before we start, remember you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central, or from logging a ride with our friends at Zwift. Um, joining me in the studio today, we've got Matthew Kinnan. Hey, Kino, how are you? I'm well. I'm partly on the Australian time zone, partly still on the European time zone, making the most of just returning to the Vuelta from the Vuelta and sticking with the Innsbruck time zone to manage these world championships also summer winter summer winter is that well, not too hard well that's melbourne it's winter <laughs> in the morning summer at lunchtime winter in the evening maca is here as well dave mackenzie you're okay now like the tigers lost last week but you're <sighs> you're sort of okay now okay. with the time i, I told I you to not that. to mention that i told you not to mention that but you should see look, his eyes when he mentioned i know that. yeah the tiger fury was erupted in me look i'm i'm good i'm good however and I think last week I mentioned I'm get, trying to get back on the regime to lose some weight because Kino here beside me, he is a machine on three-week <laughs> tours. He's playing tennis. He's jogging this and that. So it's all going well. And then my wife announces that we're having a paella night tomorrow night. So I'm about to slide back off again. Yeah, you better get on. You're up to about 6% body fat at the moment. <laughs> I'm not even talking. <laughs> okay, this happened overnight. It's going to be a win for Rowan Dennis. The time is already running out. Rowan Dennis is the world champion. Tom de Moulin is going to take the silver medal for the Netherlands. It's gold to Australia. De Moulin for the Netherlands is going to take the silver medal. And the bronze is going to go to Belgium. Rowan Dennis was just majestic today. De Moulin had no answer. The Australian has produced the perfect time trial to take the world title. Whoa! De Moulin takes the silver, Campanets takes the bronze. The world champion is Rowan Dennis of Australia. Rowan Dennis is a world champion. Kino, almost he was written from the start because he's such in good form. Zero surprise. Yeah. The only thing that was a surprise was how much he won by. A minute and, and 21 <laughs> seconds ahead of Tom Dumoulin. And Tom Dumoulin is brilliant. And you look at the former great of the generation, Tony Martin. He was in seventh position at more than two minutes behind. I always thought that Rowan was going to win and it was a race for second place. I didn't think he'd win by that much. He blew them away. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll give you credit, Matty, because during the Vuelta, you absolutely talked up Rowan Dennis. I'm surprised you're surprised of the gap because once you sort of convinced me with Rowie's build-up, and then we saw it, didn't we, firsthand at the Vuelta, both individual time trials he won... I started to think, okay, now it's a question of how much he'll win yeah. by. Oh, I thought he'd win by 45 seconds, which ahead of a guy like Tom Dumoulin is a big margin. To win by more than a minute, to win by a minute and 21 seconds, that is phenomenal. 
Did you see, sorry to interrupt, did you see on Twitter, Simon Jones, the performance manager, did you see the little video he posted and there was a byline saying 90 kilometres per hour in the car behind Rowan Dennis and Simon Jones on the radio mic saying, confirmed you're one minute ahead, one minute ahead as he's doing 90 kilometres per hour. It's a great video. Yeah, Yeah, it's (laughs) really good. Have you seen the comment as well from uh, Tom Dumoulin at the end? He said he's a broken man. Physically, he's a broken man. Yeah, I think that Tom came into it not at his absolute best, and that explains part of the size of the margin, but only maybe 10 or 15 seconds. Mm. Rowan was head and shoulders above everybody. But let's keep in mind that Tom was second at the Giro. Exactly. Second at the Tour. Yeah. And Froome didn't turn up to the start line. Geraint Thomas didn't turn up to the start line. You've got to take your hat off to Tom Dumoulin as the defending world champion with the massive season that he has had to put his reputation on the line and take that blow from Rowan Dennis. I think that was real courage. Yeah, yeah, he's, I, he's a star. Actually, quick question for, for the ex-rider that you are, uh, Maka. When you finish second from two Grand Tours and you finish second as well at a, uh, at a world championship, can he still be satisfied of his season? Totally, yeah. totally. It, I mean, we can all answer that in our own way. Um, you don't need to be an ex-pro to answer that. And, but, yeah, the only thing I'd say is he wants to win. He wants to win. He's, he's one of the world greats now, and he's finished second in the individual and second in two Grand Tours. I think he'd be a little bit happier if he'd just won one of those Grand Tours. Yeah, but where he can satisfy himself is, sure, it would be disappointing to have three major second-place finishes, but in particularly in two of them, in the Giro and the Tour, he was simply beaten by better guys. Yeah. And come the World Championships, he was beaten by a better guy again, and he had that factor of fatigue. The one that maybe got away more so than anything else, is actually the Tour de France. Because you take out that stage six, the time loss is there, and the gap between he and Garant Thomas is only about one second. But Dumoulin also conceded at the end of the Tour de France that if that time gap wasn't there, Garant Thomas had more in the tank and could have dispatched of him in the mountains anyway. So I think he can be extremely proud of three huge second-place finishes. Yeah, it's but he also knows next year he needs to go one step even further if he wants to win anything. Of course, and that's his absolute target. And the team that they're building at Sunweb around him to Mm -hmm. go to the Tour de France next year is super strong. They've recruited Nicholas Roach, who's not going to be able to play a big role in the mountains because he's on the way down physically, but he's still going to be very, very good. He's going to be a road captain, calm on the road, which that team doesn't currently have because it's a really young team. He's going to have Wilco Kelderman next to him in 2019. Kelderman was meant to be there this year, but he crashed at the Dutch National Championships. That's going to make the team a lot stronger in the mountains. And they've got young guy Sam Uman, who's not quite Egan Bernal, but he was second at the Tour d'Avenir. He's on that next echelon, and he's a guy that can finish around 15th in the Tour, so he's going to have a lot more support at the Tour de France next year. And Michael Matthews, unfortunately for him, it's going to be another year not racing for the green jersey, but Michael Matthews can play a massive role on those medium mountain stages, crosswind days, and give some real horsepower at the front of the peloton for Tom Dumoulin. It's a strong team. Absolutely. Uh, Tom Dumoulin is also riding on Sunday, or should be riding on Sunday. What, what can we expect from him? Because if he already says he's tired, he's a broken man physically, I know uh, there's, there's a few days in between, but uh, it doesn't sound good for him. I, even if he was at his best, I don't think he's got the finishing power to win a road race. No. I, and I, I yeah, second, I guess, everything we're saying with the season that he's had. You've got to be 
absolutely at your peak. And I think there's guys coming off the Vuelta like Kwiatkowski, who and who actually incidentally did a pretty good time trial himself. I think he's the real danger man. Guys like that, they're just fresher. They're fresher yeah. in the mind, fresher in the body. You know. For Tom to win, he can't go to the finish line with a guy like Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski's nah, nah. beaten Peter Sagan in yeah. a sprint finish at the <laughs> yeah. end of Milan San Remo. Yeah. So Dumoulin could medal, but I don't think he can win. Okay. Well, you touched a little bit on it, but um, Tony Martin finishing seventh. Uh, is it a surprise? No, no, that's where he's at now. Yeah. He's passed his best. He's a four-time world time trial champion. He's an enormous engine. He still adds huge value to any team that he rides for because... A, he's selfless. B, he can sit on the front all day long. And if you're, if you were Caleb Ewan, I tell you, you'd like Tony Martin you'd doing love him. some work. At, you know, Tony Martin is a great asset to any team, but he's not the Tony Martin that was the dominant time trial force. And let's not forget that Tony Martin, he spent the best part of his career head-to-head with Fabian Cancellara, mm-hmm. who's the best time trialist on a one-day time trial of his generation yeah. comfortably. yeah. Yeah, no, he, he's he's been good. Just a side note, a special mention, I think, should go to Victor Campanarts as well. Yeah. Third yep. place. I thought he was brilliant in the uh, Vuelta. That he cl- was that close from Dumoulin. Split second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> six tenths, I think it was. Yeah. So Campanarts, European time trial champion. I thought he did well for himself. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Really good ride. You always have a good word for the Belgians. Oh, I love the Belgians. They've got good beer, good chocolate. I mean, you know. You love that country. What else do you need? <laughs> uh, let's cross the border. Holland, an whole orange story for the women's time trial. I mean, is that a surprise as well? No, not? it's not. <laughs> no. It's absolutely not. It's confirmation. Not. So they had four starters in the women's individual time trial, all four of them inside the top six. Yeah, it's First, crazy. second, third, and then Lucinda Brand was sixth. They are ridiculously good. And what of about course, the year Van Vluten's having? Yeah, exactly. The of year course, Van Vluten on the top of the podium. Uh, amazing year. She's amazing. She's, she is amazing. And you know what? One of the most exciting finishes we've seen of a bike race for the whole year, male or female, was the La Course. Yeah. Uh, which stage was the it? Grand Bonnard. Grand Bonnard. The Grand Bonnard. And Van der Bregen That's had right. it sewn up. Until <laughs> 15 metres to go. She was thinking about her victory salute oh, on the descent, Van der Bregen. And was Van Vluten, that the, was incredible, wasn't it? It was the best stage of the Tour de France. Yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It was brilliant. And yeah. remember, we saw her after at the Dutch corner celebrating yes. the, the Dutch. Yeah, that How was, good was that? That was, yeah, that was, oh, it was, I think we were, I don't want to sound cheesy, but I felt a little bit honoured to happen to just be on that yeah. corner as she came through and the Dutch crowd. And, and she, she had a dancing. beer in it. I think she had a Heineken in of her hand as well, like perfectly yeah. cliche. May have been sponsored. But, <laughs> but it was so cool. It was. Yeah. Like, and then you know who came up um, just after her? Uh, help me out, Maddie. I wasn't there. You weren't there, but you'll you'll know. Yeah. Well, Dutch you, world champion at Zutmel. age thirty eight, Zetermelt. Thank you, Job Zetermelt came up about. It felt like we were playing charades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever I have my memory goes blank, I go just turn to Kino, <laughs> and you happen to be here. Job Zetermelt came up yeah. a couple of minutes later. The place it would was, have erupted. Oh, it was the coolest thing. It was it was the best day. I actually yeah. think uh, there's still a video on SBS on demand of this. Yeah, should check, check it, it out. out. It, yeah. well, one of the interesting things out of the women's time trial was uh, Alan Van Dyke in third place really. Disappointed. <laughs> she spoke about how disappointed she was with her ride because that, oh, that's her forte. It is her forte. It? Yeah, but yeah. and it, you know, Anna van der Bregen in second place, and then Van Bluten in third place, Lucinda Brand in sixth position. They're just off the charts. Can they? Can they be beaten in the road race? What does that say for Spratty on Sunday as well? Uh, exactly. The only way they can be beaten is 
if they weren't to be cohesive. And we saw last year in Norway, they were totally cohesive. And that's what enabled them to win there. And it was one of the workhorses. It, you know, it, it wasn't one of the protected riders. And this year, they're going to be in that same position where who's the protected rider? Um, the course is more difficult, so that will dictate the stronger legs get the win. And it'll be interesting to see how they play, but I can't see them being beaten. But I'd love Amanda Spratt to cause the upset. Uh, wouldn't, we, wouldn't we all? And just on that, just the Aussie team, because we talk about how strong the Dutch team is. I tell you what, the Aussies have got an understated women's team like... Girls like Grace Brown, relatively new to cycling, but she's stepped up in a big way. She'll she'll just play a role early on. Brody Chapman, I think. Lucy Kennedy. Yeah. You know, they've got some Shara Gillo, more experience. Rach Nayland, of course, silver medalist at the Worlds previously. They'll all play, and Tiff Cromwell, they'll play a great role in assisting Spratty, I think. I think it's one of the strongest teams for the course we've got. I think it's one of the strongest women's teams that we've had. Spratt is one of the only women in this field. Her and Cassia Neodoma, I think, are the only two that can upset the Dutch. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really think that Spratty can win because if they can't get rid of her, she's pretty quick. Yeah. And I'd back her in a sprint against Van Vluten or Van der Breggen. Yeah, even against just, Van der Breggen. You'd yeah, back her. I would. Well, she's going to give her a... She's going to give her a She's run. not going to give her a, a, a red carpet to the line, is she? No. no. She'll be good. I yeah. think Spratty can win. And the Australian women have outperformed the men at the Olympic Games in the road race. They've won it twice. The best result for Australian men is a silver medal back in 72. The women, they've had silver medals in the road race, but not quite that rainbow jersey. Geez, it'd be good to see the rainbow jersey on Amanda's shoulders. And I, you know what? And it's, I know it's not like jumping on the wagon, bandwagon, but I just think it'd be, it'd come at a great time. There's this whole push yeah. in female sport Absolutely. and in general, mm. uh, and I just think it'd be great for cycling in our country suddenly that a female wins gold. Let's not forget they they tried to go to the the selection committee tried to take just two women or three women last year. Last yeah. year, they appealed it. They won the appeal of women, and and I agreed with them appealing to be honest. And I just think it'd be great. And it's not, and I don't mean as in you know stick one up the selectors or this or that. No, I just mean. It'd just be a really great time and maybe bring some more sponsors into the sport and, you know, it'd be good, be really good. Uh, juniors, uh, time trial. Uh, something tells me, Mac, are you going to talk about Belgium again? Oh, I love it. <laughs> love going back to Belgium. But this is this guy is incredible, Remco Evenpol. Junior time trial champion, got into the sport in 2017. His father was an ex-pro for Colstrop, a sort of well-known smaller Belgian team um, back in the 90s. Uh, I don't. The name doesn't ring a bell for me because that's around my era. It might be just before I was there. He was. He was a footballer, uh, soccer football. Played for Anderlecht. Played for a few clubs in the youth teams, etc. Got into cycling. He's won thirty-four out of a possible forty-four starts. Yeah. Since he got into cycling, his worst result since June. Is second. <laughs> Seriously, so, since the Belgium National Championships in June, his worst result is second. So he's bypassing the under-23. So this is juniors, yep. just to remind everyone. Under-19s. Under-19. So he's bypassing under-23s. He's already signed for Quick Step. That was announced during the tour. Yep, and he's on his way. I mean, how exciting will it be just to see what this, what this kid can do and... You'd like to think Quickstep will really nurture him over the next few years. It's probably the best team for him as well. At the moment, at I the think. Moment, at the keep moment. Him, keep him on a home-based yeah. squad. Um, yeah. The gap is the most significant. So 
young guy from Brunswick Cycling Club, Luke Platt, was second. Mm. Brilliant second place finish. And the gap was, again, it was more than a minute between first and second. And then second down to 10th was only a minute spread there or so. You know, the second, third, fourth are reasonably tight. And Remco was more than a minute ahead of second place. He was head and shoulders above them. The only fear with going straight into that quick step environment is the Frank Vandenbroek scenario. You know, mm. Vandenbroek did a similar sort of thing. He turned pro with Lotto as a 19-year-old. And there's always a risk with any young athlete in any sport getting too much wind blown up their backside too soon. But I think that that environment quick step will keep his feet on the ground. Yeah. I hope it does anyway because I hate to see that talent wasted because it is ridiculous. Yeah, and probably... You'd like to think he's got on his side now the era that he's in. It's changed. It's it completely I, different to what it was sort of 20 years ago, isn't yes. it? Which is a good thing for yes. the sport, as we all know. So it'll and, be exciting to see. And to he'll watch still him. be able to ride the under 23 World Championships. True. Yes, because yeah. the ruling's changed change. now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as is in the under 23 road race at the World Championships this year. I think that Jai Hindley, the Western Australian, is one of the real contenders to win it. Yeah. And yeah. Remco is going to be riding the under 23s with seasons under his legs at quick step for the next four plus years. Win it now, Joy. Win yeah. it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about what's coming up uh, on SBS and uh, in, in Austria, in Innsbruck. Uh, we touched a little bit on the, on the women's race already. I guess you understand, uh, just to sum up, you, you guys think it's going to be an all orange or golden green affair for the, for the women's race. Or Poland. Catch your new domer. Yeah. Yeah, she's a real challenger as well. Um, I can't see anybody else really jumping off the page at me Leah Kirkman from uh, Canada. She rode really well in the time trial. Uh, she was pretty good in Madrid in the Madrid Challenge. She showed fair strength there. But it's just hard to go past that orange haze. <laughs> and, you know, take your pick. If anything, I think the course might, as, as strong as the Dutch are, the course, if it was a flatter course, any of those Dutch women potentially could win. Whereas not all of them can win. Yes, you know what I'm true. saying? Yes. It's, so I think if anything, it the could hinder them just slightly. Difficulty if the course eliminates a few. Yeah, like as of last year, Chantal Black, yeah. you know, there was, and she was one of four, four or five. Well, she was, the, that was, she was number win. four on the list. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this year, they can't afford to play that card because if they do, they'll, they'll come unstuck. So if anything, it'll just make it more interesting because yeah. of the course. Looking okay. forward to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll then, be uh, calling that on Saturday on SBS2. Absolutely. Viceland. Viceland, absolutely. Uh, and uh, the men's race on Sunday night, so Monday morning as well, uh, dropping into the Monday morning. One thing for sure, we potentially know that Sagan will not be world champion. I was just about to ask the question, Are we? is there a door that I can open? Are we shutting the door on Sagan not being able to win? My I, brother, I, I do. I, I had do. a conversation with my brother yesterday and he's like, Sagan can still win it. And I said, have you seen the course? He said, yes. And I said, have you seen a video of it? He said, yes. I said, no. I said, I saw the video and that was it. I thought Sagan can't win, but he's Peter Sagan. You saw him in Spain. I know, but he's Peter Sagan. (laughs) (laughs) He's got that factor. And you and I both agree by the end of the Vuelta, no, there's no way. There's no way uh, Sagan can win the world. I think his body is still too damaged from the crash yeah. at the Tour de France, and then he just didn't look himself at the Vuelta. He wasn't he wasn't sharp, and I don't see how two weeks is going to be enough for him to get up to the Peter Sagan that we know. If he could win these world championships, then he'd be a contender to win Liège best on Liège. Do you think he can win Liège best on Liège? Has he started Liège best on Liège? No, I don't think no. so. So I, think, <laughs> so I reckon if he decides to start at one year, yes. All so, right, well, you've got to have an opinion. Yeah. I don't think he's going to win. I, see, I, give him, I give him a chance because I think if he was that busted up, 
he would have pulled out of the Vuelta. So he suffered through it. So I'm thinking he's got this grand plan in his head. So I'm keeping it's uh, at you some know, stage. I'm, I'm just trying to get you all to tune in to turn the dial. I'm dangling the carrot. Mathematically, statistic. <laughs> Tell us that at some stage he has to stop winning. <laughs> some time or other he has to stop winning. And I think three in a row, I don't think he's winning. For, he's not winning. He's not winning. Not right. happening. Okay. L- last time he won, um, Tony Abbott was Prime Minister. We've had four since. Yeah. <laughs> four or five. And, and that's only a two-year gap. <laughs> that's, that's a very Australian uh, <laughs> significance. Okay, if right. Sagan doesn't win, what's your pick? Julian Alaphilippe. Good, I agree. <laughs> yes, uh, only only if France decides to read for him, and uh, that, they don't play st- that. Bar I loved the tweet from Rory Sutherland when the French team was announced. He re- and it's a really good team. I can't remember all off the top of my head, but Thibaut Pinot's in the team. Roman Bardet, obviously Julien Alaphilippe, Genies, Genies, Anthony Roux. Barguil has been called in. Barguil has been called. Yeah, in. because Roland is uh, pulled out. Okay, and Tony Gallopin is in. Yeah, so. It's a hot team, though. It's a good yeah. team. But Rory Sutherland responded to it by saying, when will national team coaches work out that it's you should select a strong team, not a group of individual riders? Yeah. Like Rory's just gone in with the bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. And I think you, Tony Gallopan will work. Bargill will, will do the job. I think that Genius absolutely will. The only question mark is Barday and Thibaut Pinot. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the question mark. And Pino, you've it. got to give a bit of credit. Two stage wins in the Vuelta. No, that's he not the was... issue. The form's good. Yeah. The issue is, will he sacrifice for Alaphilippe? Now, uh, yeah, so my point is, should they? I think they should give him a joint leadership role Macca, to a certain point. There's a dissent in the course. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's hot and cold on <laughs> and the dissents as well. And they're French. Yeah. Oh, says know? the Frenchman. <laughs> no, no. But that, that's my main fear. Is that the, uh, My fear is that the Cyril Guimard decides we are riding for Bardet, even though Alaphilippe is, is probably in a better... Sh- no, they have to go all in for Julien Alaphilippe and they can so. win. If they do anything else, they won't win. Uh, did you hear... In the last couple of days, so and you, you'll like this. Vincenzo Nibali has said Moscon is yep, and the he can leader because yeah. you're, you're a fan of Moscon. Well, can I'm he a win? fan can, of can, yeah, can I'm a win? fan of his riding ability. I'm not a fan <laughs> of Johnny oh, Moscon. I, I thought it was the whole thing, the, nah. whole, the whole package. Well, he's the John McEnroe <laughs> of cycling, <laughs> and you do like your tennis. Oh, I love the back, <laughs> super brat. He is the super brat of cycling. But I do, what I like about him is he's a headline. Yes, he's a talking point. I'm a little bit surprised he can win. Yeah, you think he can get around that course? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, he can. He was last year at the Vuelta. He was climbing top twenty. He can yeah. win. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right. Just don't. Just no biffo. Yeah. No biffo on the descents. And uh, Val, journey. Valverde's got a bag full of bronze and silver medals. Yeah. He'll be the protected rider for for the Spanish, and I can't see how Australia can get a medal. Okay. No, I agree. And I'll tell you who else can win his second world title, Kwiatkowski. Yeah, absolutely. He is and flying. they're united. Yeah. And you saw them at the Vuelta. Rafael Maika and Mikhail Kwiatkowski were in almost every break together in the last week. And they were working together, talking together all the time. They've got Maciej Bodnar as well as a huge workhorse. Yeah. They're a super strong team, the Poles. Although Kwiatkowski has been in shape since very early on in the, in the season. That's yeah. very true. Is and that not on. a problem? 
No, well, Valverde's been in shape since February 2003. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When he, when he came out to Tour Down Under in, in 2003, he pretty was, much stayed the in, same. Including when he was suspended for his indiscretions. Good. He was breaking Strava yeah, records. Yeah, training, his training rides around Muthia were, yeah. um, were dominant too. Yeah, he was uh, destroying the training uh, rides, yeah. exactly. Uh, but from the Australian perspective, I'm, I would love to see a top 10 from Jack Hague or Simon Clark. Okay. Yeah, but I can't see them getting a medal. So what's going on with Port, actually, Richie Port? You know, putting up because his sickness. Yep. You guys said he's, he wasn't in shape at the, at the Vuelta. You didn't no, and he it. said that himself. Yeah. Um, I'm disappointed he's pulled out. I mean, if he's no good, he's no good. And I agree, no point turning up if you're not going to be good. I'm just disappointed for him, I guess, and, and for us, the fans and commentators, Aussie commentators, that, you know, when he, when he crashed out of the tour, I think many of us said straight away, Wow, Worlds and Vuelta, if your shoulder comes good. It seems like yep. it's come good. He got through the Vuelta. He got through three weeks. So I actually don't think he's in the right headspace. Oh, his head's not in it. Yeah. That's the issue. Yeah. So I agree. I thought, okay, tour's over, World Championships. And then he arrived at the Vuelta. He had gastro in his defence. That wasn't a great start. But he didn't show anything in terms of his body language. Whereas you look at a guy on that team like Dylan Toynes, who's also leaving the team at the end of the season, he was up and about in all the breakaways, whereas Richie looked like a guy that just didn't want to be there. Yeah. And he needs a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, it's really good that he finished the Vuelta this year because he hasn't finished a Grand Tour for a few seasons. And it was good at the Vuelta seeing him down the back of the peloton a few times talking with Bolka Molima, who's going to be really important to him next year. But Richie needs just a holiday on his own turn the phone off, get away from social media, get away from cycling, don't ride the bike for 10 days, two weeks, whatever it may be, and then start the season well. And a new team. New team. Yeah. Fresh start, everything. Yeah. yeah, because once that decision was made that he was leaving BMC, the love was lost between the two of them. Any other business? Uh, I know I picked up that uh, John Smith has signed for uh, Michelton Scott. Yes, the keyword. Hang on, can I just go back to the Worlds, just yeah, briefly? Sure, sure. I want to ask you, mm. Rowan Dennis in the road race. Ooh. That's a good question. I mean... To devil's advocate, why? What? Because <laughs> why he's got <laughs> horsepower that he can... Yeah. He's just his horsepower. Are the climb... Will it be but too it, steep for him? Yeah, I think exactly. it will. Yeah. I think it will. If but, it was a more gradual climbing course, how switched on will he be for it too? That's a good question. That's probably that's probably more the question, isn't yeah. it? If he's switched on, he's one of he'll those... totally be there in the final selection, yeah. meaning the final selection of 20 riders before you get yeah. that the winning attack. I think he could be there. It's just how switched on he'll be. Yeah, and that's he's one of those athletes that chooses his target and he's just a single focus. Yeah, and he was like that at the very beginning of the Vuelta. Yeah. Wins the opening stage, which was a time trial, and in the live interview, he says, I'm not here for GC mm-hmm. straight def- away. Won't defend red. I'm looking forward to stage 16. Yeah, that Didn't was see it. him, stage 16, comes out, pulls everyone's Wins pants again. down. Yeah. <laughs> it so, was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so back to the other business. No, it would be good to, good to see. So yeah. I, I've picked up uh, John Smith, uh, Kiwi, signing up for uh, Michelton Scott. That's quite a good pick. We had a question for you, actually, because yes. we had a debate just before. Yeah. John Smith, uh, king of the mountain jersey, was it this year or last year? At the Tour de France. At the Tour de France. He wore it for a couple of days. Uh, this year. 
It was hey, this year. Hey, you were oh, damn, I hear your point. <laughs> a pint at the, um, yeah, the Somewhere. brewery. Uh, any, any sort of brewery. It was yeah. this year. Yeah. He was this year. Jeez, I'm losing my brain. Yeah. But <laughs> Dion uh, Smith and Nick Schultz are really similar in terms of the signings. Neither of them will be superstars, but both of them will be super important to the culture of a team. And on that, do you think Mitchell and Scott as well, they're just managing their budget? At totally the managing. Yeah. They're moneyball decisions. Yeah. So with both those guys, you're going to get really reliable performances. And they're not costing a lot. They're really cheap relative yep. to yeah. you know, a Chavez or the Yates brothers. And they've gotten rid of a guy like Caleb Ewan, which saves them a bit of money in the yep. budget. They don't have the major sponsor. At the moment, it's the Jerry Ryan Superannuation Fund. There's yeah, okay. pretty mm-hmm. much Mitchelton major sponsor. Let's Go Motorhomes is on the back of the Knicks as well. Scott is the one that's putting in money from outside of Jerry's wallet. And they are. They're money ball decisions from mm. that old baseball story, but they're really good decisions. Nick Schiltz, you cannot get a better role model for young athletes going through any sport than Nick Schiltz. Dion Smith, likewise. Those two guys will set a really positive culture within the team. They'll do any work you ask them to do, back and get rain jackets, water bottles, food, up the road, get in the early break. They'll do whatever is required to support the team to get the best results. I think they're great signings. You can't sign stars all the time. You've got to have workhorses, and those two guys are outstanding. Absolutely. Mm. Any other business? Uh, small, yeah, a couple of small things, or at least one small piece of business. I saw a headline. I didn't read into it too much, but it's good news. Um, as of 2020, women's world tour teams will have a minimum salary. So this is all That's great news. Yeah, that is great news. There's all. <laughs> let, let's hold our horses. The minimum salary. <laughs> yeah, what is it? It'll be pretty. Good. It, yeah. I don't know what it is. It will be low, but, but it's a start. It is a start, and so this is a bunch of meetings that are going on during the world championships. And so that's one of them. So that's popped up. So that's good news. Mm. Okay. And then the writers union are trying uh, to vote, not vote. David Miller's big candidate up against Johnny Bunyo and Lance Armstrong's chimed in and said, David Miller's not the right candidate for it. And Paul Kimmage has agreed with Lance Armstrong. What? Paul Kimmage has supported the statement. Yep. Stop no. the press. Twitter crash. So who is? No, I so don't know. So who is? I don't know. Oh, I, come I, on. It it's, doesn't really affect us per se because it's really, it, it is about the writers. They're the ones that, that are directly affected by it. Um, but you want it, as somebody covering the sport and loving the sport, you want it to be a successful organisation. You want it to be a well-functioning organisation and not just a political game of brinkmanship is who gets to be the big kahuna in the house. Lance, he's, what is, what's the saying? Lance, he's got a house full of, it's a glass house, is it? Or? No, no, no. I don't, I haven't, I can't bring myself I mean, to read I... too much on it, but it's damn entertaining watching uh... the back and forward between them. And I actually think David Miller would be a reasonable candidate to play that role because uh, he has the experience of having done the wrong thing and mm-hmm. come back and so on. So he can actually relate to young athletes that might find themselves in those sorts of situations. He knows the impact it had on the rest of his career. And his Legacy, life. His life. Yeah. And yeah. Other, other people that made that same yeah, stupid mistake. Absolutely. He's been in that experience when Garmin or, you know, Ride Argyle was first starting and a team that really had to fight and find sponsorship dollars and really work. So he has that understanding from a team perspective as well. And He's a huge advocate for safety in the peloton. Those last three kilometres yeah. protecting yeah. that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, I think he could play a pretty good role. And Johnny Bunyo, 
I don't know what he's done. Yeah, No, I agree. He's Just, had two terms of four years. He was going to step down after the second term. Yep. He's decided now not to. Surprise, well, they, surprise. They get addicted to the petit four and uh, you know, yeah. all these sort of things. G- give Miller a ch- <laughs> give him a shot. I don't know if he'd be the best candidate. But I, and I'm I don't not saying he will or won't. But, but yeah, who else is there? Let's give Miller a go. Yeah. Let's give him a go. Because it's been radio silence from Johnny Bunyo. And the only way you can vote as an individual, you know, I won't go into the rules and regs of it all, but the way it's the structure of set up of the voting system, you can vote, but you've got to go to Innsbruck as a writer. <laughs> you have to go there. So there are some writers, Geshka is one of those writers who's not writing the worlds has said, I'm going, I'm turning up. That's a strong vote. That's a strong statement. That is a strong statement. And he's not a guy that makes outrageous statements. No, He's no. pretty well balanced. So I, I rate Simon Geshka's view on it. If yeah. he's going, then the writers want to change. There's been, I've been, and I've been following a little bit more of current pros, Dan Martin, um, Nathan Huss, and they've been voicing their opinions. And I think it's good. And I look, I talk now from a background of a former pro who, you know, who was disappointed with the system when mm-hmm. I ended my career. I wasn't, I didn't walk away, you know, with a big chip on my shoulder. My memories are fantastic. However, the breakdown, and Maddie knows my story too well, the breakdown of the Peloton and the way it was managed and the way teams were managed was wrong. And not a lot has changed, sadly, since then. So I'd love to see some changes happen. Interesting. We'll know. Uh, we'll know a bit more uh, yeah. in, in a very near future. Mm. Uh, to wrap up, just uh, let's uh, remind to the people that uh, the World Championship are on SBS, uh, on Viceland, and on SBS over the weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday night. And you guys are going to be part of it. We are. And he's not going to the grand final because the Richmond Tigers <laughs> won't be there. Oh, I reckon I'll be really? going to one <laughs> sooner than you, pal. All right? Just a fair just, chance yeah. to go to Blue Vegas. <laughs> Thank you for coming, guys. Uh, check out uh, the, uh, the SBS Guide, the SBS Cycling Central website for all the local hours for you to tune into the World Championship. This was the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, remember that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central, or check out the ride with our lovely friends friends at Zwift. The next podcast will be a wrap-up of the world next week. Until then, it's bye for now.